Okay. Um, <laughs> UFC 243 is in the books. Uh, let us, let's just get to this now if we can. Wow, man. <clears throat> you know, I'm going to do a bit of a... Um, I don't know if victory lap is the right word because I'm not the one who competed. I don't think that that is a fair estimation of uh, really a fair way to celebrate. By the way, I still have a cold, but I feel much better, so there should be significantly less um, sniffling and mouth breathing on today's show versus yesterday's live chat. Okay, um, how do we do this? Wow. All right. Let's get to the results. Israel Adesanya defeats Robert Whitaker via KO at 3.33 of the second round. Uh, Wow, man. Let me say something about this moment, if we can. I want to say two major things about it. Number one, you are talking about an absolutely historic push, not merely through the middleweight division. Now, of course, the most historic push, no doubt about it, belongs to Anderson Silva. We are not suggesting that now that these things are... Um, all of a sudden comp- uh, uh, comparable. Uh, that is a very, very special moment and, and run that he had. Uh, I'm not saying that, but that is one of the most special things you're going to see in the middleweight division and, frankly, any division inside the UFC. I think Garbrandt got a title shot in roughly a similar time frame, only with six fights. Lesnar got one in like nine months and a year. But listen to this. Israel Adesanya made his UFC debut in February of 2018, barely a year, a little over a year ago. He beat Rob Wilkinson in February of 2018. Then he beat Marvin Vittori in April of 2018. Then he beat Brad Tavares in July of 2018. Then he beat Derek Brunson in November of 2018. So he had one, two, three, four, four fights in the UFC just in 2018. That's, that's cowboy territory, and he won them all. By the way, one of those was a five-round main event. Then he fought Anderson Silva in a three-round fight. Uh, then he beat Kelvin Gastelum in 2019, and now he beats Robert Whitaker in 2019, stopping the last two of them. Well, actually, no, he did not stop Kelvin Gastelum. He got that close to stopping the strikes. But he made very short work, I would argue, of Robert Whitaker. Now, Robert Whitaker made it competitive in spurts, um, certainly we'll get to that in a moment. I want to say something that is one of the most unique runs in UFC history period. Not saying it's the most unique run. It is not that it is up there, man. John Jones making his push, beating all those legends like Shogun and Machida and Rashad and the whole bit. That's one of the most legendary ones. What Anderson Silva did through his title reign, not merely getting to the title, but what he did. And that's just beyond impressive. St. Pierre, it's not to say that that's on par with that, but the but the speed with which he got to the title is extraordinary, extraordinary. And every subsequent challenge was more difficult than the rest. Whether you like him or whether you hate him, I'll just put it to you. I'll put it to you plainly. You can like this fact or you can hate this fact, but it's a fact. That is one of the most impressive runs in UFC history on the way to a title. Period. Irrespective of weight class. Time to time time to own up to it. Okay? If if you've been a doubter, if you've been somebody who's been a believer, then you saw this coming a mile away. Secondly, how about shouts to every dumbass out there who took time this year to say Adesanya was not that great. It is one thing to say he's got some stuff to prove. And even I thought this fight was very, very competitive. My my pre-fight suggestion was was Adesanya, but not in a way where I was like if you listen to my radio show, I should have to tell people do not bet on my picks because they're not good. Um, 
But at the same time, the difference is you go down a card. I don't have time to look at tape on every single person in every single situation. It's very, very difficult to do that. But the ones where I invest a lot of time, and you guys know dating back to the Monday Morning Analyst, I've done a Monday Morning Analyst on his takedown defense improvement from the Wilkinson to the Brunson fight. I did one on the Gastelum fight. I did one on the Silva fight. Um, I've done one on his fainting for Dissected. I did one on, on Whitaker potentially working on his uh, offensive, wrestling, offensive wrestling. But the point about Adesanya is I have spent the last two years obsessing over this guy's game. And when he beat Anderson Silva, folks were out there being like, I wasn't that impressive. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like, like, what fight are you watching? The argument that he didn't get a finish is, is, is it, it's not like it's a bad argument. It's just a really very incomplete way to measure greatness. The point was not that he beat Anderson Silva at 43 and wow, we should all be amazed. The point was, what does he do to opponents that no one else is really doing. And you saw some of it here, although not entirely. Whitaker took a lot of that away. A big portion of it away. Um, and it was all of the fainting that he does and all of the trickery that he does and the stance switching that he does and then the leans that he does and his athleticism that he brings. And you saw the contrast in styles, right? So uh, Adesanya is a step and slider. Whitaker is a bouncer, right? They have these real two different styles. The whole point being was I was watching this guy's game the last two years and I kept seeing people, you know, in media, fighters in media too, being like, well, I don't know if he's that good. And I'm like, well, to be fair, you can't really say a guy is, is, is that person until they go and they beat these people. But they would then assess their game in a way, in this like really like rudimentary way, like, well, he didn't finish Anderson Silva. Well, right, but that's not the detail. The detail is all of the ways in which he fights these guys, including Silva, that held Silva to, I think, total 11 strikes in the first and third round, right? It was this it was this utterly advanced way of fighting that doesn't necessarily uh, reap relentless finishes, but that it does do a great job of um, putting you on and putting a W next to your name. Anyway, the point being is, dude, the last two years, people have showed their ass suggesting that this guy was not good. And it was tedious. Every time Every time I was looking, I was like, are you fucking high? How could you possibly be making this argument? Like, I, what? come on, come on. You can't You can't really believe that. And I'll, I'll forgive fighters who are rivals, you know, like Apollo Costa. What, what, you, what do you think? Bohashini is going to say nice things about him? Forget it, you know. That's not the point. Uh, but, but everybody else, including other people in that middleweight division, be like, oh, he's not that good. Really? You sure about that? You sure about that? I'm pretty sure he's fucking awesome. That's what I'm pretty sure about. I'm pretty sure he's been awesome this whole time, man. I'm pretty sure it's it's just been it's been wild to watch people talk about this kind of stuff. Just utterly divorced from reality. And and then the best part about it too was beyond just the fact that the people were showing their ass like not really you know, um I mean, here's how bad they were showing their ass. Like, I've never fought professionally, and I could look at what he's doing and be like, whoa, that is really different from everybody else. And then other people who are supposed to know more than me would look at him and be like, there's nothing new here. And I'd be like, mm, well, if I can see it, what's your excuse for not seeing it? Uh, <laughs> wild, man. Wild. People will sit there and deny reality right in front of their face. They will do it right in front of their face, yo. It is it is crazy.
It is crazy for that for, for the way this has all gone down. Relentless denial on the part of his opponents, which to a degree you can understand. Their coaching staff, media members, other fighters, other fighters with no stake in the game. This relentless uh, inability to just call it like they see it. Yo, yo, you knew he was good. You knew he was good, and you didn't want to admit it. Uh, I couldn't, and I know I was not the only one who saw it, but I couldn't be. I could not have been the only one watching this guy compete, not merely with his striking game, but I think one of the very first Monday morning analysts I did before I even like had the formula of that podcast in place. Like before I even had like, you know, here are the keys to victory, whatever, you know, the, the thing I do at the beginning, uh, I, I went over his takedown defense, like his takedown defense in the Wilkinson fight was not great. His takedown defense in the Vittori fight, a little bit better. His takedown defense in the Tavares fight was good. His takedown defense in the Brunson fight was very good. And his takedown defense in the Gastelum fight was just straight up excellent. It was just excellent. The only way you could really take that away from him was, as I pointed out, because I've done innumerable studies on this guy, was uh, scrambles. That's where he. That's where Adesanya really slows down. Like uh, all the down blocking, he's really good at. All that intercepting with the underhooks, he's really good at. Getting off the fence, he's really good at. The way he gets in trouble was when you can uh, get him into strikes. Anyway, man, I just find it crazy. I just find it crazy, crazy, crazy. Find every person the last two years who went out of their way to tell you that Adesanya was not good and they are voted off the fucking roll call for whose opinion you should take seriously forever. Forever. Okay? Okay, if they're if they're a division rival, you know, cut them a break. But anybody else, anybody else who spent any part of the last two years being like, I don't think he's very good, they are off the roll call forever. It was obvious from the word go. It was obvious, and the fa- not merely that he had this advantage in kickboxing, but that he had this r- ridiculous ability to rapidly improve. That was the one of the the very first Monday morning analyst I did on him was about that. I was like, Jesus Christ, man! In the span of so what? For the Wilkinson fight was in February, then the Brunson fight was in November. From February to November of 2018, his takedown defense went, you know, uh, quantum leap, a quantum leap. So anybody, again, division rivals, whatever, but anybody else, anybody else who spent any part of the last years, and that's not to say you couldn't praise Robert. Dude, let's say something about Robert Whitaker here. This this was a super bad position that the UFC put him in because the guy had fought two times in 29 months, and you got to come back and you got to fight this bulldozer. You know, if anything, if anything, Whitaker needed a tune-up, man. He needed a tune-up. And uh, and you could say, oh, Luke, he looked good in certain parts of the fight, which he absolutely did and we're going to get to. No doubt about it. Dude, he's a talented guy. Talented guys are going to look talented. But to be off that long and have to come back and you got no tune-up and you got to fight that guy? Shit, dude, that is a very tough position to be in, man. That's a really tough position to be in. And... uh yeah, no wonder, man. Like, no wonder. And he's going to call for a rematch. I don't know what's happening right now on the – here, I'll pull up Twitter. I don't know what's happening out here on the – what you call it, but – yeah, I, can't, I don't know. I don't know I don't know what they're saying on uh, 
the press conference or whatever's happening, he's probably going to call for a rematch, and I, you can understand it. I don't think they should grant it to him. I think they need to do the cost of fight and move the division along. But, like, dude, poor Robert Whitaker. You gotta, like, you, you're that good. You did 10 rounds against Joel Romero. You had this injury. We were supposed to fight Kelvin Gastelum. You had all this time off in between, and you got to come back off a year and a half and fight that dude? It's not the way it's supposed to go, man. The way it's supposed to go is you're supposed to get a tune-up. You're supposed to get a tune-up and then and then work your way forward. Um, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not you, – you honestly – you know, did you get full Whitaker? Honestly, I, I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it. In defense of Robert Whitaker, man, uh, he looked good uh, because somebody that good is going to look good even when they haven't had a chance to be at their best. Right, they're gonna be awesome no matter what, but they're not gonna be that. I mean, you know, the differences between winning and losing at this level is gonna be, uh, is gonna be pretty. It's gonna be pretty special, right? It's gonna be really narrow, and and and, and it, it, you need a tune-up to get back. And, and he didn't have one, and he didn't have one. Okay, how did he do it? Well, I'm gonna have to go back and look at the tape, uh, and we'll do that on dissected, of course. Uh, so here's what I was expecting. I mentioned it. What would you say were the differences in foot? Like, okay, so there were so many things I was looking for in this fight. Number one, footwork. I mentioned it. Adesanya is a step and slider. Whitaker is a bouncer. So what I thought was going to happen was I was looking for about a third or fourth round TKO from Adesanya. And the reason why I was picking that was because I thought, one, he might go to the body to slow him down. I noticed in the offensive wrestling study that I did with Whitaker, when did he decide to wrestle? Um, there's very little evidence to make a big proclamation, but if there was anything that the tape suggested, it was that when think, think about what Whitaker does. Okay. Adesanya steps and slides and there are benefits to that style. And then there are downsides to that style. Think about what Whitaker does. He bounces all the time and there's a lot of benefits. One of the downsides is what happens when you get tired and you stop bouncing, you become a lot more hittable, right? So, if you look at the fifth round against Yoel Romero, he clips him when he wasn't really moving all that well. If you look at Uriah Hall in the third round of their fight, in that, I think that same arena, he was getting tuned up in the third round. And then through that third round, uh, that was when he began to really lock up with him, get behind him, that kind of a thing. So I thought, okay, Adesanya's going to go to the leg kicks. You saw a little bit of that. He's going to go to the body. You saw a little bit of that, jab to the body. I don't, I don't think you saw any front kicks. Um, uh, again, uh, Intercepting knees. He did, he tried to do it a couple times. Whitaker stuffed them all, which was again credit to Whitaker. But again, I thought he was going to really you know make him tired, make him suffer. Uh, he had that hernia surgery. I thought he was going to target his his belly to really go after that. So that's what I was looking for. And then of course, everything that Adesanya does is typically set up off the feint, um, right? So it's it's a hip, it's his hands, it's his feet. And I, I, credit to Whitaker, man, he took a ton of that away. A lot of it away, whatever the wording is. He took a lot of it away. So what were you waiting for Whitaker? You were waiting for him to bounce, 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 and then blitz. And he was blitzing constantly. In fact, I I, I was going to give the first round. It was, you know, competitive, but I was going to give the first round to Whitaker until he got dropped the way he did. And, and then in the second round, you could just tell you saw Izzy fainting a lot more. He was hip fainting. He was foot fainting, right, falling into that front foot. Um, he was changing stances a little bit more on his own terms versus responding to Whitaker. He was taking his time and just reading Whitaker the whole time. Like when he comes in, what is he trying to do? What is he trying to show? He was just making reads off of it, throwing hooks around the sort of linear, right? Because what was Whitaker trying to do? 
he might be trying to change angles as he exits, but when he's entering, it's pretty linear, right? The whole idea is that it's predicated on timing and speed. You know, you're not coming at it at a weird angle. You're coming in straight. But if you can come in with good timing, if you can come in with camouflage, if you can exit at an angle, you can come in straight. So he knew that. So he was trying to meet him, you know, with these hooks around the side, which uh, Cormier alluded to. And then if you could put them in combination when, uh, if you could stop him in space rather than just letting him continue and then put combinations together, uh, you can get after him. And that's exactly what he did. Now I have to go back and look at the tape to get, to get some more details from that. But I would say Whitaker was doing more of what he wanted to do up front in terms of not letting Adesanya faint his way to backing Whitaker up, not letting Adesanya, um, you know, began to use space. Like, here was the other part I was looking for. It's like, well, Adesanya um, likes kickboxing range. And Whitaker wants to collapse that space, but Whitaker will start there. Right? He's not starting in boxing range. He's starting in kickboxing range. So I was like, okay, well, that's interesting, right? So maybe what Adesanya is going to try and do is keep him there. Like, deny him the blitzes. But that wasn't what he did. He just allowed him to blitz. Or at least, he didn't make a, he, didn't, he, he didn't look to me like he was making much of an effort to stop the blitz. It looked like what he was doing to me was to let him blitz, make him miss, and then make reads off what he was doing during the blitz. What was he leading with with the blitz? What was he trying to do? Was he trying to go jab hook? Was he trying to... Both Adesanya and Whitaker. Like, what what patterns could he pick up on about start times, about what um, footwork motion, about what spatial distance they had, about what combination he wanted to throw, about what exit angle he was looking for, all that stuff. It just looked like he was letting it happen. So, uh, so he could make reads, and he did, and he did, and he crushed him for it. Uh, Israel Adesanya is, it, <laughs> I can't, it's just, I know I'm gloating a little bit and I know it's a bad look and I'm sure some people are pissed off because here's, here's what I did notice. Israel Adesanya went out of his way to make himself a little bit of the enemy on this one. I think really just to sell the fight, not because he's some kind of an enemy. Every, every dealing I've ever had with the guy told me he was anything but that. Um, I've not had as, as many relationship uh, or dealings with, uh, Whitaker, but, he seems about as straight of shooter as they come as well. Um, when John Jones was coming through, man, you didn't see a lot of people calling him overrated. You might have said they were the one to stop him, but there was like a proper amount of reverence. And Adesanya never got that. You know, he never got that. And part of it was because, yeah, he was learning on the job. Fair enough. He was learning on the job. But you can... You can find a space to say someone is learning on the job um, at the same time you're saying, yeah, yeah, he's fucking awesome. He's real good. <laughs> he's real, real good. That is exactly what he is. Uh, and I couldn't believe, I, I, I honestly, man, I couldn't believe in the last two years, uh, certainly I'm not suggesting I was the only one. There were many, 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 many people. But I couldn't believe I'd be looking around being like, you know, people whose putative job it is to be an analyst being like, well, 
you know, he's not that good at X, Y, and Z. I'd be like, what? You know? Or uh, uh, other fighters who, again, not, again, people in his division are just going to say what they're going to say. People who had no stake in the game being like, yeah, he's whatever. I'd be like, are y'all fucking high? You know? How how can you possibly... This was a totally winnable fight for either guy. It's not a matter of, oh, everyone knew uh, Adesanya was going to win. Dude, like, I've been as big a believer in Adesanya as there ever has been, and even I thought it was 51-49 either way. Kind of coin flip, you know? Because Whitaker is that good. But I also knew it's like, Whitaker coming back off that time is not a great look. And um, and also Adesanya. The thing that... Here, I said I said it before. Let me. I don't want to repeat myself too many times because people hate that. But the one thing I do want to repeat one more time is when you look at Adesanya, what you have to recognize is it's his kickboxing game is a little bit more polished, and by that I mean complete. And by that I mean there's not much he can do to really update it. But the other parts of his MMA game, the key insight you have to understand is not merely that uh, when you watch it at. The, Oh, people are like, oh, if Gastelum closed the distance, then Whitaker would have no problem. Dude, that's the same argument people made. Oh, if Wilkinson or Vittori can take him down, then Gastelum would be able to, or Brunson would be able to. And right, and they didn't. Right? They couldn't. Or I think Gastelum got him down maybe one time or something, whatever it was. Yeah, the five rounds, he got him down one time. And the point I was trying to make was this dude's capacity to improve rapidly is extraordinary. It's extraordinary. You have to understand that about him. You look at him one fight, and then the next time, again, for the other pieces of his MMA game, they they just go they go into they go into warp drive between fights, man. And if you don't take that into account, you will suffer the consequences. I'm certain that Whitaker did not do that. I'm certain Whitaker took him very seriously. I don't think that's the issue. I just, I, I, I've been doing this game, you know, for how long have I been doing this? Fucking 14 years. I cannot recall another time another fighter who was this obviously good had to deal with this amount of obvious, like, well, the emperor has no clothes. <laughs> what? I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Now, the question is what comes next? It better be the Paulo Costa fight. And frankly, I would argue. I'm not going to suggest that Paulo Costa is a better fighter than Robert Whitaker because I don't think that he is. What I might suggest is Paulo Costa offers a certain series of challenges that are unique to him and that I'm not sure anyone else possesses uh, in terms of like his power and his ability to take a shot and the fact that he's not particularly risk-averse, but he's still got pretty good defense. Um that is the fight that needs to happen. The buildup is there. You could That's a global fight, if you ask me. You could put that in Brazil. You could put that in Canada. You could put that in Europe. You could put that in the United States. You could put that anywhere, man. You could put it in Asia. Uh, you could put it anywhere you want. You could put it back in Australia, for fuck's sake. Like You could put it anywhere. That's the fight that needs to happen. John, the John Jones fight to me, I know, oh, you could do, cha- it's a champ champ fight. Why not do a champ champ fight? Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't put this on par with the situation between Rory McDonald and Gigard Musasi where I was looking at that fight and again you can go back and listen to the archives on SiriusXM. By the way, this is not like, oh, I get all predictions right. Jesus Christ, I get them wrong all the time. But the one insight I had on that fight was like, well, whatever Rory's good at, Musasi's probably as good at, if not a little bit better. Not that they're identical, but 
I don't I don't I don't necessarily know what the advantage is. And Musashi's a lot bigger. And it played out exactly like that. I don't think Jones, if they had a straight kickboxing match, would necessarily do all that well with Adesanya. He might not get smoked, but I don't think that he would win. But he has a huge size advantage. And, the you know, again, Adesanya's gotten really good at what I call MMA. Go back and watch the Whitaker study because I did a bunch of Adesanya stuff, takedown defense on that one too. There's something called down blocking. If you've never wrestled, down blocking is imagine I'm in a wrestling stance, right? So I got my, I got for me it'd be my right foot in front of my left, okay, and I'm hunched over. I got my elbows in tight. I got my hands in front of me. Yeah, that's my wrestling stance. Down blocking is someone shoots or at least faints, and what I do is I put my lead hand down, depending on what leg they're shooting on. Let's say they're shooting on the left leg, uh, and I put my left leg back, right? So I put my right hand down. And I put my left leg back. And that acts as like a stump that they kind of run into. And then you put the leg away so they can't reach for it. It's called down blocking. Now, you do see down blocking combined with sprawling in MMA. But the point is this. There's something I call MMA down blocking. Where, uh, you know, it's not exactly full-on down blocking. But like that first, that first step you would do to like stuff a shot, drive an underhook, drop your hips, maybe combine it with a sprawl. It's like the MMA version of down blocking. That's what I call it anyway. He's good at that, Adesanya. But the problem is the guys who can chain wrestle or force a scramble on him, you know, I still think he's quite vulnerable there. And I'm the first person to admit it. That, that, you know, you can say I'm an Adesanya homer. Fine, I'm an Adesanya homer. Uh, I'm the first person to admit that's still an area of his game. And that's the hardest one to fix because that's the one that shows, like, did you grow up wrestling? Did you not grow up wrestling? Um. I just think that we, I just think John has too much of an advantage there. But you know, if he can beat Costa, and we'll see what happens with John next. Think I think the bigger fight is John to go up to heavyweight. Well, then we can talk. But you know, this John Jones Israel Adesanya thing—it's a fun beef. I, I enjoy it. It's not the one to do. It's not the one to do. Honestly, they need to go in a different direction, or wait, or or do whatever they're going to do. Because, like, what is the point ultimately of fighting? What's the point? It's Barbas. I don't know if you heard him. What's the point? The point is that there's a mystery about something. There's a something unresolved that only the fight can answer. Okay. Well, why would you do anything uh, that you didn't have a good reason to believe would ultimately be competitive? And again, our estimation of that can be off. But even if even I am telling you this is not the right time for it, it's I, I would imagine you probably agree out there. Uh, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I would imagine you would agree. Let me pull this over here. All right. Um, okay. Let's see here. Uh, all right, so where does Robert Whitaker go from here? My hunch is he's probably going to call for a rematch. Uh, I don't know what the case could be other than the guy had a ton of time off and that wasn't the real him, But the, which I would agree. I'll be the first person to agree. Like, dude, that again, I, start, I said it a minute ago. It's super not fair. But the way to fix that is to not only get back out there, the way to fix that is to is to fight somebody else is to 
is to get experience around the rest of that division. Now, let me look up middleweight right now. Look at these rankings. Again, the rankings, I'm not here to say that they are ironclad, but just as a general framework of how this operates. You've got Costa and Romero. He's already fought Romero. God, you could actually make a third fight between Whitaker and Romero. I wouldn't suggest it. Uh, Gastelum's got this fight coming up against um, Till. Maybe Whitaker gets the winner of that. You know, gets the winner of that. Um, he could take on Jared Cannonier. He could take on Hermanson. Something like that. Somebody new, somebody fresh. You know, I wouldn't want him to go too far down. So I would say, if, you know, the winner of Gastelum Till, because Till is not even like ranked in that division, but Gastelum's still sitting at four. So if Till beats him, like you could say, oh, well, he may not take the fourth position, right? But when Dos Anjos lost to Leon Edwards, Leon Edwards was like 11, and he took Dos Anjos' spot at four. So you can jump that high. So it's possible that if Till wins, he'll jump that high. In either case, Kelvin Gastelum's already occupying that position. To me, that's the fight to run back. Have those two fight. Yeah, uh, let Adesanya fight Costa. That's that's the way to go. Move the division along, man. Move it along. These these like this need to, you know, to constantly redo everything, where it's Groundhog Day all the time is not the way to go. So, um, is there anything to take from this related to Whitaker's performance that I think would give you some hope? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think that. Anybody who doesn't really have the, you know, the athlete, like, here's the downside to Adesanya's defense. Some of it is with his feet. Uh, he has phenomenal vision, right? He can just look all the time and <coughs> see what's happening. He's just constantly looking, you know? A lot of it is athletic, though. A lot of it is him... Uh, doing those leans and then really getting out of the way quickly and then resetting and all that kind of stuff, that's going to be hard to do as he gets older, right? There's going to be a window where that no longer works the same way. Um, but right now he's 30, and it's going to work great. So so we'll see, man. We'll see what Paulo Costa has for him. That's the fight to make. We'll see what happens with Robert Whitaker. I would like him to fight the winner of Gastelum Till. Maybe Jared Cannonier. I wouldn't want him to go too far below that because that's that keeps you in the top five, you know. Um, I guess, and then we'll see, and then we'll see. Should be interesting, man. Should be really interesting. Let's make sure that the chat is looking good. Yeah, it seems that way. Seems like it's going well. All right, very good. Got cold in the nation's capital today, y'all. Got a little chilly. Uh, all right. Whew, man. <laughs> Shouts to everybody who spent the last part of the two years being like, he ain't shit. Word. By the way, um, did y'all's feed cut out when he was going after Paulo Costa, Adesanya did? My feed just turned blue on my pay-per-view. Did y'all's turn blue? That was not a great look. I think that's why they ran it back. This is from Brandon Gibson. This is what he told ESPN. I'm a fan of Israel. I want to see him win. I'd love to see a matchup with Jones one day. I'll be cheering for Israel, and I hope he can keep his range and everybody can see an explosive highlight. Whitaker had trouble against Wonderboy. Not that Wonderboy and Israel are the same style, and that was a long time ago, but fast, rangy, explosive 
fighters have given Whitaker some trouble in the past. Adesanya might be the greatest striker in the game right now. I'd love to see him go off and create something. I'm going to go with Israel. I'm going to go with Israel KO early on, maybe second round. Yeah, he nailed that shit. He nailed that. I thought it was going to be third or fourth. Um, yeah. That's crazy. All right, uh, let's talk about... Boy, was this pay-per-view not... <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't get my money's worth because watching somebody do what Adesanya did is so special that I'm happy to have, I was happy, I was happy to watch it and like bear witness to it. By the way, how about those walkouts, huh? How about the Adesanya walkout coming out with the crew? Uh, I remember when James Tahuna, I think it was in Auckland, New Zealand of all places. I remember when James Tahuna came out, I think it was before the Nate Marquardt fight. I might be getting that wrong, but he did the whole uh, men in black theme with other dancers and they had like the black suits on with the white shirts and then the black tie. And uh, it was cool, right? And I think UFC kind of got away from it. You know, okay, not everyone should do that, but like if you're a guy who can dance his ass off and pretty clearly uh, Adesanya has got some athletic ability in that regard, yeah, you know, let him. Who cares? Let him. What do you care? And then I actually kind of liked Whitaker's walkout because each guy's walkout was representative of who they are. He had a little sizzle with the Adesanya walkout. You had like a brooding mood for Whitaker's walkout. And both were kind of like who they were, you know, both kind of who they were. So I really enjoyed that. I was glad the UFC like let that happen the way that they did. And again, it was more of an accommodation for Adesanya than Whitaker, but an accommodation just the same. So... That part played out really well. Yeah, man. That was a that was a great look. That was a great look. All right, let's go through some of this uh, this card right here. Uh, Dan Hooker defeats... Uh, oh, by the way, if you're watching this still, give the video a thumbs up. Yeah? Like the video. Subscribe to the channel. By the way, I've also got... And you look at the... Uh, let me pull myself up so I can see what I'm saying. I've got in the description box below... I've got links to my Morning Combat Showtime show. Please please like that channel. You want merch for the new Luke Thomas live chat? That is up as well. All the merch is up. Um, ways to get in touch with me. My email, LukeThomasNews at gmail.com. Podcast links, Instagram links, Twitter links, Facebook links. They're all there. They're all there, yeah? So anything you need to get in touch with me about, anything, any project I'm involved with, any merch I'm doing, any, any podcast link, it's all in the description box below, so please give that a look, and of course, please subscribe to the channel. I always appreciate that when you do. All right, I am drinking, I forget who made this bourbon, but it is bourbon that was aged in cognac barrels, so it's great. It's great. And I put Coke in it like a, or a Coke Zero, like a fucking Philistine. Mmm. All right. Very good. Uh, okay, let's do this. How about Dan Hooker, man? Oh uh, yeah, again, if you ask, uh, if you donate in the super chat, I'll ask, I'll answer your question. How about Dan Hooker, man? Dan Hooker beating uh, beating up Ally Quinta real good. Thirty twenty seven on two judges scorecards. Thirty twenty six. I thought this one would have been a little bit more close quarters. Dan Hooker looked utterly calm and in the zone the whole time, man. He, uh, what do you want to say? The lower calf kicks were great. His takedown defense, he's the opposite of Adesanya. He doesn't necessarily use a lot of down blocking to stop the takedown. What he likes to do is reach over the back and either hit a switch, 
hit a uh, hit a tilt, uh, some some combination of the two in Iran. Well, it was actually um, it was uh, it was Iquinta looking for the Iranian or Iranian, as I was supposed to say. But in any event, it was it was tilts, it was it was uh, switches, that kind of a thing from. Dan Hooker, because he has this long torso and this long arm, and he can really dig into those positions. He did such a great job with that. He was going high-low. He's got a good chin, so he can take a couple to like make sure he stays in the pocket and stays in a position like he needs to. And um, you know, when he when he hurt Al, he got him down on the ground, and he just was real methodical about it. I, I was very impressed with Dan Hooker's game, man. I was very impressed. There was one thing that he did. You guys remember when I watched, speaking of Al Iaquinta, the Al Iaquinta and Kevin Lee fight? Do you remember what I said back then when I did one of those shows? What I had said was, uh, a lot of, okay, so it's if, you, if you've never trained, it's one skill to get to the back. It's a completely different set of skills to finish from the back and to hold it, quite frankly. They're very different. Okay, chasing the back is one thing, finishing from the back, quite different. And one of the things I had noticed was if you go back and you watch the Kevin Lee fight, he was good at getting the back. And a lot of fighters are actually not bad at getting the back, but a lot of them are not that great at finishing. It's because it's a completely different skill set. The point I'm, I'm trying to raise is this. I actually went and I, I, I uh, watched one of John Danaher's uh, presentations. I bought some of his stuff off BJJ Fanatics. It was expensive. It was like $200. But I bought it, and he has something he, he identifies called the deficit problem. The deficit problem is basically that while I have your back, right? So let's say I have your back, right? I got a hand over the top, hand into the armpit, and uh, actually uh, hand stabbing and then securing, yeah? The difference is, yes, I have two hands. Yes, you have two hands, and you're facing away, so that should be an advantage. But the reality is you can kind of, from the back, you can kind of control both hands. And so what ends up happening is there's a bit of a deficit. I need something else to help control you that will still allow me for strangulation. And if you go to a body triangle, you you essentially lock in the deficit problem because yes, I've controlled your back, but now I don't have uh, the ability to, now, now it's just two hands versus two hands. Your two hands versus mine. And so we're kind of stuck there. So I can hold the position, but I can't finish towards strangulation. You'll notice that Gordon Ryan is really good about not ever really go. He, he might go to body triangle sometimes, and he might switch it when going side to side. But when he's really ready to finish from the top, what he'll do is he'll let one hook go. He'll put his wrist in the crook of an elbow, and then he'll block it BJ Penn style. Well, now you have solved the deficit problem because your hand maybe is being controlled by theirs, but now your foot is controlling their arm, and now you have a free arm for strangulation, which only requires you to fish out and then finish. Very easy to do. So it's a, it's a solution to the deficit problem. You notice that Dan Hooker locked himself into the deficit problem here because he would go to the body triangle, which again is fine. In an MMA fight, it's going to be a slightly different calculus, but uh, I noticed that. From now on, whenever you see somebody go to the body triangle, it's not me saying, oh, every time, that's wrong. Far from it. But at that moment in time, that doesn't allow them to solve the deficit problem. They might use that to get to a spot where they then solve the deficit problem, but they lock themselves into the deficit problem. In any event, Dan Hooker looked amazing. Dan Hooker, since going to 155, here is his run, man. He, let's see, 
He beat Ross Pearson. He knocked him out. He submitted Mark Diacasey. He knocked out Jim Miller. He knocked out Gilbert Burns. Now, Edson Barboza went to work on him, but he knocked out James Vick, and then he really kind of routed Al Iaquinta. Al had his moments here and there when he could really push into the pocket, land some right hands, push him backwards, but it just he couldn't put a whole lot more of it together. Uh, he kept getting knocked off of his feet because of the timing and then the placement and like sort of the brutality of the leg kicks. It was a tough – you kind of thought like Cerrone and Hooker are very different fighters, but – they're able to employ the same kind of weapons. Just think about it. If you fight a boxing range and I fight a kickboxing range and I have a full array of kickboxing and boxing weapons and you have boxing weapons, I just have more choices. I have more choices and I have more uh, trenches where I can, I, can, I can fight. I have more places where I can do things. And uh, he, got, he, got, he got stuck, essentially. I think I'll be back. I think he's a very good fighter, but... <laughs> it was just a little too much. It seemed like it was a little too much. And it was a great win for, for Dan Hooker, man. Wow. Phenomenal win. Uh, Sergei Spivak beating Taito Ivasa, triangle choke. Taito Ivasa moving away from the fence, giving Spivak place to finish the choke. That was weird. I'm not sure what that was all about. And they went out. Um, I thought Taito Ivasa looked good on the feet for the first half of the first round. You know, moving side to side, picking his shots, entering at the right time, exiting, you know. I was like, wow, he looks like judicious and smart and mobile. Like, this is good. This is better from him. And then he just kept getting taken down off the leg kicks and then continuing to throw them. And, like, I don't know. It was just a little weird, man. It was a little weird. Um, and I'm not sure what that was all about. And then moving away from the fence so that Spivak could finish the choke. That was That was a little unusual. Uh, Diego Lima defeating Luke Jumo, split decision, should not have been a split, that was wild. You know, Lima, I don't know how good he's going to get, but I know that, like, however bad he used to be, he has, man, he has solved so many of those problems, so many of those problems. Really taking my hat off to Diego Lima, man, really a guy who just got better. You know, just got, just decided he was moving side to side n- for the most part, never getting caught against the fence, initiating takedowns or initiating offense, just doing all the smart, little, precise details that make a difference over the course of a fight. Really good job by him and uh, nicely deserved win. Jorgen DeCastro defeating Justin Taffa, 2-10 of the first round. I said this on Twitter. It's like, I, I don't even mean to be mean. I'm not, I'm not trying to be disparaging about it, man. Everyone who steps in that cage really is deserving of a, of, of a strong degree of, of um, thanks and certainly a respect. But it's like so many MMA highlights are just like technique karma. Just watch Jorgen. Go back and watch. Jorgen DeCastro doesn't really back up and stay in the stance. Jorgen DeCastro actually goes from a bladed stance to a square stance before he launches the punch. And Tafa just kind of like sticks his hand out and then just decides to throw and gets beaten to the punch quite literally. And then gets dropped. And it's like, dude, this is... I mean, could you imagine Adesanya ever doing that? Like, you would never see that, you know? And I, I understand that Adesanya is a special test case. I'm only pointing out. I'm only pointing out. It's like, that's a really inadvisable way to fight another heavyweight. And he did, and he paid for it. It's like, it's not karma for him as a person, but it's like, you employ those kinds of strategies, you are liable to end up in a bad place as a consequence. Uh, Jake Matthews defeating Rostam Achman. Terrible fight, 30-27 across the board. 
It's like I don't know when Jake Matthews is going to get it together and like you know he's not losing. I think he's four and one at lightweight, and he's only twenty five. You're like, oh, he'll come around eventually, but it's like, will he? Is that is that a guarantee? You know, he's got some decent wins. The Li Jiang Ling win is good. Um, the Wagner Hosha win is good, but aside from that, I'm not sure really what he's got. You know. He's 25. I can't close the book on him. Part of this is an issue of like, you know, how long should you give a prospect a chance to develop? Well, he started competing in the UFC five years ago when he was 20. I'd give him probably another year or two, maybe if I was real generous. But if you can't like show us what, if you were UFC ready at 20, you we should know your upper bound limit by 26, 27 is what I would say. So. And it wasn't like Rostam Ackman did a whole lot on the on his side to like make the fight awesome, but it was not a great fight. Uh, Callan Potter defeating Maki Pitolo. Not a lot of head movement in this one. 29-28 across the board. Uh, Brad Riddell had a ridiculously fun fight against Jamie Malarkey. Uh, 29-27 and then 230-26s. That's a weird scorecard. Uh, Brad Riddell, I think, has a kickboxing win over John Wayne Parr. And he had he had really good down blocking, heavy hips. You could tell he was the more physical of the two. G- uh, g- good, he, had, he got cut. Didn't seem like he had good experience. You could tell it didn't bother him. And Malarkey had that ear that was swollen like a, a tomato, ready to get popped. Uh, good job showing resiliency by him. But those two guys got some miles taken off of their life for that one. No doubt about it. Megan Anderson beating Zara Farine Dos Santos triangle choke at three fifty seven. Two jujitsu notes on that. One, people have been asking, well, three, I suppose. People have been asking about the arm, her own arm inside the triangle. That's a little bit, I've never, I'm not going to say I've never seen that. Remember in jujitsu that there is a degree of customizability that you should always leave room for. So what she's trying to do there is, how does a triangle choke work? A triangle choke works the following way. One leg will wrap around one side of the throat, and then your shoulder slash arm does the other side. It's why when they you get a triangle choke and you get caught in one, they want you to take your opponent's arm and bring it across their body. You can hear my voice change when I go like this. You hear that? Because I'm bringing my shoulder into my throat. I'm bringing my arm across it. So what she was trying to do was she had her she had this side locked. She was trying to like add a certain degree of push on the throat with the other hand on the other side. I'd have to talk to her about what, how, you know, how often she does that kind of a thing, um, or, or it could have been that she just merely got caught trying to set it up, and her hand got caught in there. Maybe it was simple as that, because it's not necessarily like you don't really, you definitely don't need it. The key there was, and Ryan Hall does. Ryan Hall again, I told you guys this when he was purple belt, he used to be known as Ryan Angle. Whatever side you're on the triangle, if the triangle's facing this way, you want a left underhook, and you could hear her corner screaming, left underhook. Sure enough, she left underhooks. She Fareen loses her. What's her name? Farine Dos Santos loses her uh, her base. And then you think about it. If the choke is like this when I'm facing you, even if I bring your arm across, what happens when I go like that? Right? I am turning the screw, essentially, is what you're doing. And so she that's what she did. And then, of course, she got the tap. Right? She made it tight when she did it. So that was nice. The second part was, that was a real, I won't call it a masterclass in mount because it looked like her opponent had no idea what was going on. But it, it showed you the differences in mount. Mount does not mean one thing. She started out going belly to belly, hip to hip with her where there was no separation, driving into her and then grapevining her legs. Did you guys see that? 
she was great vining her legs, so she couldn't <clears throat> she couldn't really post. And then as she felt the person under them and their technique, you'll notice she started to slowly bring her hips forward and her body weight up, and then get closer to her uh, armpits, the uh, armpits of um, Farindo Santos, right? So she started flat and then sort of slowly came up like that. And then, because that's, if you're flat, chest to chest, hip to hip, and you're grapevining the legs, there's no real ground and pound there. That's a controlling mount. But when you get underneath their armpits, that's controlling in a different way. But that's when you get your base under you and you can fire underneath there. That's exactly what she did. And of course, she eventually rolled for the triangle. So that was a nice job by her. Uh, Ji Yong Kim defeating Nadia Kassem. You know, I don't want I don't want to be, look, the UFC doesn't hire me as a, talent scout but i don't think nadia kassam is really she she would probably be better served in invicta i think is the is the way to say it and then uh khalid taha shouts to lebanon yo beating bruno gustavo aparacido da silva that's his name apparently via arm triangle by the way khalid taha looking like a super physical dude um so nice win by him and then again shouts to everybody in lebanon tonight all right let's get to your questions if we can, because I know they are out there waiting. If you have a question, let me pull this up. If you have a question, donate in the super chat and you get it. That's not the case for the live chat that I do on Fridays, but for this post-fight show, it is. All right? All right. Very good. Let's get to it now. Uh, okay. Uh Jesus, you know what? I am going to go here. I got to find them all. Uh, let's see. Oh, here we are. Okay. Uh, you know what? Hang on, y'all. Because I actually am using a bit of a different system. And uh, I need to make sure that I... I uh, can see all of your super chats. All right, let's do this. And I appreciate everybody who's watching. Sorry, bear with me here for just a second. Well, I take a sip of this bourbon-infused cognac, players. Oh, fucking hell. All right, let's do this. I'm going to find this here. Here we go. Okay. Super Chats. Let's do this. Robert Whitaker is half Polynesian, so he had half that Polynesian chin. Comes from that Indian dude. I don't know how fair that is. Yeah, I think he usually had. I think he had a lot of time off. Uh, some donk is asking about MMA fighting. I told y'all on Friday I'm done answering questions about him. So, Angel uh, Angel, excuse me, says I love you, AMU. I miss you. Hope you're watching our God, Luke Thomas. Uh, don't know about that. So Jimmy says, is Sarah Longo MMA no longer evolving with the sport? You just had Aljamain Sterling maybe look the best he's ever looked. I would be very hesitant to draw that conclusion. Very hesitant. Uh, Luke, I got into MMA <clears throat> when I started law school three years ago. 
Thanks for being my escape from classes. I told myself if I passed the bar, I would donate. I did today. Thanks for your service. Grats on your girl. I think you mean my little one. Um, well, Phil, congratulations on passing the bar. Don't go chasing ambulances, okay? Um, congrats. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Andrew Huerto writes, Stylebender is a beast, but yo, how good is Kelvin? Go back and look at, go fucking back and look at my motherfucking Monday morning analysts and come back here and say, fucking shit, Luke. You were right. Fuck. <laughs> I have to argue so hard for positions that to me seem quite obvious. Yo, Kelvin looked fucking awesome in that fight, right? Didn't he? Even if, even if uh, Adesanya was the one who had that fifth round baller shit, when the fight was over, I was like, yo, man, Kelvin is way better than I thought he was. Like, way, 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 way better. I couldn't believe it, you know? And again, Styles make fights. So, like, do I think that Kelvin's going to go in there and beat Robert Whitaker? I wouldn't necessarily bet on it. But at the same time, it's like, how could you walk away from that fight with anything but, like, huge respect for Kelvin Gastelum? Someone says, Connor versus GSP, Trump 2020. You want to spend $2 to do that, that's on you. Luke, shout out Angel, the super natty. All right, your wish is my command. Uh, if you and Brian Campbell were in an MMA fight, how would you finish him? Any way I want. Um, I'm a New Zealand citizen of Indian origin, living in Sydney right now, so proud of the New Zealand boys, and Nigeria has a son to be proud of as well. It is the destiny of Australia to lose to New Zealand. I will let y'all's rivalry be y'all's rivalry. I'm not going to weigh in on it. Is this one of the best runs to a title ever? The speed, timing, body of work, skill, iconic moments in fights. You're not going to see too much better than that for Adesanya. You're just not. You're not going to find it too much better. Ever. That's going to be one of the that's going to be one of the great runs to a title. Tony Ferguson's <laughs> if he gets one will probably eclipse just about everybody, but he's got to go. He's got to get out there and he's got to do it. He's got to do it, you know. Um, you know, seven years undefeated is just like the most insane shit ever. But like to just do it back to back to back to back to back, and then to fit. And then remember, he didn't decision the champ. He didn't get like a lucky weird stoppage. He stopped that dude clean, clean, no argument. Honestly, if you look at his runs in the UFC, you could argue the Vittori fight was tougher. You could ar you could certainly argue the Gastelum fight was tougher. This fight was, I won't say easy, but that was one of his easier fights in the UFC. Someone says, thanks for the great content. If Israel gets through Costa, do you see any current competition for him at middleweight? Most of the great grapplers left the division, not that they would fare any better. I think Romero still would be a tough challenge for him. Um, Whitaker getting another crack is something you should take seriously. Let's see if he even gets past Paulo Costa. I mean, there's plenty of questions remaining. It takes a long time to clean out a division. Things can change fast. Jared Cannonier just looked pretty great. So I would I would pump the brakes on, oh, no one can beat him. Mm. People lose titles in the UFC all the time. If Adesanya keeps competing, eventually he's going to lose his. My preamble at the beginning of this video was merely about the suggestion that he's oh he's overrated he's not good like what the fuck are y'all talking about that was the thing that kind of got me but like is he invincible is he unbeatable that is a completely different thing 
that I'm not prepared to defend. Someone says Adesanya will beat Jones at 205. Yeah, but not this year. Is this Izzy's John Jones moment where everyone is now going to understand just how special he is? Well, I fucking hope. Well, I fucking hope, man. If he didn't convince you after this, then I don't know what he could possibly do to convince anybody at this point. Like, what? What? who does he have to beat to get y'all's... Not, not you. You might watch this, might know, but to the skeptic. Who does he have to beat to get their approval? It's, 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 it's wild. It's, cra- it's crazy how much people are unwilling to acknowledge obvious truths. Would love a Fight Companion-style podcast with you and Brian Campbell. Yeah, man. Uh, I'd love to do one, but he lives in Connecticut. I live in Washington, D.C., so we both have to take time to get here. Um, the Reaper will be back. The crowd was great. Yes. Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker's 28, y'all. I said it. He should have gotten a tune-up, man. Should have gotten a tune-up. This was not the fight for him to take. This is not the fight for him to take. Great night for New Zealand MMA. Three amazing wins, 2-0 and against Aussie and first New Zealand champ. Will be very interesting to see where it goes from here. Yeah. New Zealand stand up. I saw that they played, who was it? Uh, Canada. In the in the in the uh, in the uh, rugby World Cup, they beat those motherfuckers like sixty three to nothing, dude. I mean, an absolute slaughter. And that little country produces. And I know I don't know Adesanya is an immigrant, but I'm just saying, like they just they just make beasts over in New Zealand, y'all. They make beasts. They make them in Australia too, but they make beasts in that little country. Uh, do fighters get paid for no contest decisions? It depends on their contract, but typically no. So it says, happy for Dana White. I guess. I guess. In the last two months, Poirier and Whitaker have lost. Further proof that rooting for the good guys in this stupid sport will continue to punish you. Well, I have news for you. Adesanya is a good guy, too. Doesn't get in trouble outside of the octagon. I've seen him in person. Loves kids. Makes time, makes time for his fans, has an exciting style, doesn't do anything wrong, doesn't play a stupid humble game. And I'm not saying Whitaker's game is stupid because it might be that's how he wants to carry himself. But he doesn't try to be fake with you all. He just tries to be honest. He's a bit of a showman. Israel Adesanya, Whitaker's a good guy. 1,000%. 1,000% Whitaker's a good guy. Israel Adesanya is a good guy too. Why don't you think we saw any takedowns from Whitaker? Was this a mistake or did he over... Excuse me, did we overrate the possibility of that in hindsight? I think he... Uh, I think he planned to maybe go to it if it ever he needed it, but it just... I think the fight... It collapsed in on him and it was, it was, it was too late. Will the marketing machine now ignore Israel versus Costa in favor of Israel versus Jones? I hope not. I really hope not. In a time with a few stars such as Habib, regardless of what Israel wants, I really hope not. That's not the fight to make. It's not. Uh, why would Whitaker get a tune-up fight when he was champ and Adesanya was interim? Because he was off for 18 months? 
And that's what any sensible promoter would do to make sure that a preeminent talent was in a position to deliver their best. That's why they do that in boxing all the time. Because it's smart. The reason why UFC doesn't do it is because uh, if Golden Boy has one fighter and Top Rank has another, they wouldn't make a fight. But let's say they made a fight, right? Only one team can win. UFC doesn't really do that because they they have rights to both guys. Izzy wins, he's under contract. Whitaker wins, he's under contract. It doesn't it doesn't matter. So they don't they don't do that. But like if you're asking, uh, why would you get a tune up fight? Because it's impossible to come back in that circumstance. In all likelihood, not necessarily true for everybody, but. It's impossible to come back 100%. Okay, it's not impossible. Ring rust doesn't affect every fighter every fight. It affects most fighters most fights. It is very, very difficult to come back 100%. Someone says, you're a G. I'm not, but I appreciate that. Did you watch the Triple G fight? Yes, he lost that fight. I mean, he didn't. He, he won unanimously. But trust me when I tell you, Derevyanchenko beat him. Beat him. Beat him soundly. Is, is, I, I think he won one... Uh, you could say 114 and 113 or 115 and 112, Derevin, Derevinchenko. Dude, he put it on him. I've never seen Triple Triple G backed up, hurt, not wobbled, but covering up, um, stunned. He was he, – he Derevinchenko put it on him. Make no mistake about it. But, you know, judging being what it is, they couldn't give it to him. Uh, my friend RJ Clifford, I thought, said it best. Triple G got robbed against Canelo – but he got saved against Derevyanchenko. So, I guess he's even. Again, thoughts on the Megan Anderson win, her mental health issues, and her career moving forward. She had said she thought she had a good good chance of beating uh, Amanda Nunes. I don't think that's the appropriate next fight, but I did think that she looked really good in this one and to keep building off of it. Also, shout out to you for acknowledging Indian wrestling at the Commonwealth level, but of course, no Russia, USA, or Iran. India does have a couple of Olympic hopefuls, and they all uh, come from one state in India. Yeah, they are good. If you get to 1 million subscribers on Morning Combat, will you and Brian touch dicks? <laughs> no. Uh, will the Redskins upset the Patriots? Please. What surprised you most about Rob versus Izzy? That's a good question. What surprised me most about Rob versus Izzy? That Adesanya seemed content to let Whitaker blitz. Whitaker was going to blitz no matter what. But the point I'm trying to make is that Adesanya seemed like willing to cater to that. That surprised me. This might be asking for too much, but what does a fight between Kelvin Gaston and Yoel Romero look like? How do you think it goes down? Jesus. I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. Uh, well, he's got to beat. He's got to beat Till first. Um, that's a great question. I don't know. That's a really good one. I'm not sure. Uh, Whitaker appeared to injure his knee again shortly before the finish. Thoughts? None. Zero excuses. After what Bisping pulled this week, this whole Diaz and Masvidal BMF BS is trivial, and their whole wannabe street tough fan base. Sure. 
Congrats on the live chat. What are your what are Costa's chances knowing he has a great chin? Good. Costa again, I don't think Costa is a better fight than Whitaker, but the firepower, the firepower and the brutality that Costa offers is something that I don't think Whitaker necessarily offered that particular kind of danger. And that's something that's different from what Whitaker had to deal with. So in other words, it's not a harder or you know difficult, less difficult challenge. It's a different one. And so the fact that it's unique relative to Whitaker, not that Whitaker's some sort of soft-ass hitter, but he ain't the hitter that, that Costa is, makes it something uh, a little bit separate. Someone says, uh, what are the champs in each division by the end of 2020? Fuck if I know. Thoughts on possible Jones versus Izzy fight? I don't want to see it, y'all. Not right now. How would you rather have, would you rather have Yoel's might or Izzy's skill? Izzy's skill. You called Izzy being something special from the beginning. Give me another name to look out for. P.S. Been a fan for many years. Uh, well, thank you for the, acknowledging that shit. Um, who's another person out there who's kind of wowing me a little bit? You know, I think he is totally mismanaged by his representation. But Leon Edwards is real good. Um, it's going to break y'all's hearts a little bit. Colby Covington's really good. Who's like an up-and-coming guy, though? Uh, obviously, he's a beat, but he hasn't quite matured the way that I've wanted him to. You know what? I'll say this. <clears throat> I don't know that he's the next big thing. Keep your eyes on Gregor Gillespie with this Kevin Lee fight. If he beats Kevin Lee and he's 32 years old, that'll be big. That'd be big. Conversely, if Kevin Lee beats him, to me, that'd be very, very big, too. That's a big fight, man. It's a really big fight. Greg Gillespie. It's the one to watch. Uh, city kickboxing doing great things. And I know, and I, in my last dissected, I kept calling it city boxing, which was the old Brandon Vera gym. Uh, I fucked that one up so bad. I'm a stupid idiot. Do you feel a fight? Excuse me. Do you feel that a fight with John Jones in 2021? As Adesanya predicts, would would really happen? Yeah, that one that that one actually might. Mm-hmm. That one actually might. Tonight was one of the most intelligent fights I've seen in recent memory. Did opinion change of Frank Shamrock after the dog incident? I don't know that what kind of I don't know that there was like a, a prevailing opinion about him among the current MMA fan base. Which fight was easier for Izzy, Rob or Brunson? Brunson. Someone says, Ty isn't good. Debate me, coward. I said he improved. I didn't say he was like super amazing. Uh, someone says, <laughs> Someone says, I poppy. Dun, 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 dun. You know what? Let me play that shit. Hold on. I hope this doesn't get taken down by YouTube. You know what? I'm going to try that. That's hilarious. I poppy. Dun, 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 dun. Well, it's actually not I, Poppy. It's Hey, Poppy. But she says I, Poppy. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Is there no... This was this was my era of hip hop, y'all. 
I know I know I look like the the, the whitest douchebag loser ever. I don't care. That's who I am. I don't give a shit. Fuck y'all. Well, let's get to the. Stand the flow. They understand the dough. Anyway, that was fun. All right. <clears throat> Johnny Walker is coming up too. Yes, Johnny Walker is another one absolutely to pay attention to. Okay. All right. These keep going. Uh, what about Whitaker dropping back down to welterweight? No, he's still very competitive. Dude, he just has been off forever. It, he just needs to get back in the saddle and then fight some other people and work his way back up. He'll, he'll be fine. This is not the time to bury him, make some drastic change. Suggest that whatever he just ran into one of the most special fighters the UFC has seen in years. It's as simple as that. It's just, it's not it's not more complicated than that. It really isn't. That's the issue, and that's the only issue. And that's the only issue that's ever been. He ran to somebody amazing. All right, let me say something because I was out here being a complete asshole for the beginning of this thing. If you have watched any of my dissecteds, any of my Monday morning analysts on on well, really in general. But in particular, around Israel Adesanya, if you sent me a nice note, if you shared it, if you, if you, if you gave it a thumbs up, if you subscribed to my channel or Morning Combat as a result of it, thank you. Thank you. I work so hard on those things, and I try to be an honest broker of the truth. And I will get things right, and I will get things wrong. But I really I make a genuine effort, man. And I could not believe the denial about this guy from day one. And it drove me crazy it drove me crazy so to everybody out there who gave it a chance who, who who really tried and looked at it and and was a fair evaluator and just supported my projects related to that thank you thank you so much i really appreciate it last one uh did i lose respect for shamrock after the dog incident yeah of course love the show your analysis semper fi brother semper fi Dallas. Sir, uh, should cost to go to light heavyweight if you can't beat Izzy? No. I'm going to let these guys play it out. Okay. Thank you guys so much for watching. I got to get out of here because I'm going to put all this on podcast. So all this is going right back up. Really hope you enjoyed the fights. Give the video a, th a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. And until next time, man, you know what I'll say, as I always do, get some sleep.